1: Hey, everybody, we are back once again with the latest edition of Gun on One. Hey, the Eagles are rolling and they are blessed with some elite receivers. No question about that. One has already surpassed 1,000 yards. One very well could before this season is all said and done. On this particular Gun on One, I'm going to bring somebody on who knows a thing or two about exceeding 1,000 yards receiving And he has been associated with the Philadelphia Eagles since the early 1980s. He is former Eagle and current Eagles radio analyst, Mike Quick. We're getting ready to chop it up on this edition of Gun on One.
0: This is Sal Palantonio from ESPN. I'm Brandon Graham. Elaine Johnson here. This is the magnificent DJ Jazzy Jeffy. This is Donovan McNabb. This is Chris Long. This is Mark Sumat, the TV voice of the 76ers on NBC Sports Philadelphia. The Seagulls Hall of Fame quarterback Ron Jaworski. Hello, I'm Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova basketball.
1: Hey, I'm Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Gun On One podcast. And what's happening, this is
0: your blessed boy, Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famer, and you're locked in to Gun On One. You are locked in. To the gun on one, gun on one. Gun on one. You are locked on to gun on one. I've been on the air for 25 years, but I could not wait to be on gun on one with my man, Derek Gump. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi telling you to stay locked on to gun on one. It is a number one seed.
1: All right, we are back with uh, this week's edition of Gun on One. And without further ado, coming into the studio is my man. I have been blessed to know him since I uh, shortly arrived after here in 1997. Eagles legend, both as a player and a radio analyst, Mike Quick. What's up, my man? Hey, D-Gun. What's going on, man? Nothing, man. You I hear, I hear there's a lot of talk about football around here now. Uh, a li- little something about some team called the Eagles that are doing okay. I mean, nothing spectacular, just okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, you would know more about that than I would. No, I think you keep a pretty good tab on what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> hey, all right, Mike, let's let's jump right in this, man, because um, we're at a point of the season where the, the discussion starts to heat up about the MVP of the NFL. Sure. And, of course, right now, People are wondering, speculating, and arguing that Jalen Hurts is the Ozon favorite for the MVP. Do you agree? Do you disagree? If you agree, why? And if you don't agree yet, why not? D, you don't even hesitate. You go right in on the number one topic that's in sports right now. It's Jalen Hurts. So to me, yes, I'm a little biased because I get to watch him all the time but I just believe that he's the best player uh, right now in the game of football. When you're a quarterback, you have so many things on your plate. You have to process so many things. You have to be so accurate, so on point in so many ways. And the quarterback, to me, is the toughest position to play in all of sports. I haven't played in every position, but – to me, mm-hmm. it's just the toughest position that I know. And to have a guy who can excel at that position in the National Football League, and if you look at what he has done at that right. position, right. I think it just outweighs everyone else at the position, and that is the most pivotal position in the National Football League. Mike, I sit here right now, and I agree with you 100%, but I have seen these votings cast, and you sometimes come away going, huh? Huh? Yeah. So, with that said, what could keep him from winning if he if he continues on his current course, touchdown passes and and rushing touchdowns compared to Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and now you know uh, Burrow is starting to to, to yes. come up the ladder. What could prevent him from winning it? Uh, I don't think there's if he continues to play these next few games the way he's played. I just think he should be, and I don't think anything should. If, the, if it happens that he's not, I think it would have to do more with um, the, the track record or notoriety of um, whoever happens to be the guy that's mm-hmm. chosen. But I clearly expect for Jalen to be chosen as the MVP of the league. And unless something drastic happens over the mm-hmm. next four weeks. Mike, you have covered this team a long time. Is this the most, Talented, not just frontline talent, but depth as well. Team that you've covered in your tenure behind the mic. I certainly believe so. Okay, uh, And I've been behind the mic two decades, over two decades. And um, I've watched, I've been very fortunate, D. I've watched a whole lot of football. Um, I do believe that top to bottom, this is the best team that we've seen in Philadelphia um, since since 19, the 80s, when I first came mm. into Philadelphia. The, the team is – like if you look at the depth on both sides of the ball, uh, the offensive line, I truly believe, is one of the best in all of football. Lane Johnson, one of the best players on the offensive line anywhere. I would match him up against anybody in the league, and um, it's going to be hard to find somebody better than Lane Johnson in that entire offensive line. The defensive line, the same. You know, it's a defense – D-Gun, this team leads the NFL in sacks. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they blitz. It's because of what they're able to do defensively up front. They have 49 sacks leading the league. 46 of those sacks are sacks by defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. These are not linebacker sacks. There's only three sacks that are not D-line. And I I include um, Riddick, uh, Hassan Riddick, and Mm -hmm. Josh Sweat in that because they're really – defensive lineman coming Mm -hmm. off the edge. So when I look at this team in the depth at the offensive line, defensive line, you know, not to even mention the the specialists, it's a pretty solid football team. Now you've lost a couple of safeties. um, So that's an area where they're a little bit thin, but aside from that, you know, there's talent and depth of talent at every position. You know, Mike, recently somebody asked me, um, is this team as good or better than the 04 team and the 17 team? And my answer was, I have to wait and see. Yeah. Because both of those teams went yep. to the Super Bowl. Yep. Now, right now, as we sit here, this team is the odds on favorite to get to the Super Bowl, but they're not there yet. Is that a fair assessment before we can give a final analysis and compare this team to those two teams in particular? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win it all. Right. And that's, you know, that's the key. And, and if you, if you're unable to win it all, then it's hard to say you're the best team. Uh, but right now, as we look at this team, as we sit, and then I each and every week get to analyze this team, what they do. Yeah. To me right now, they're the best team. And, and, I, and hopefully it bears out at the end of the year. Um, but anything can happen. It's football and we know it's a crazy game. And mm-hmm. um I don't do Vegas picks, but they're pretty good at it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would probably <laughs> listen. So I would probably listen to at least listen to what they have to say. Yeah. Hey, Mike. As um, you heard me say off the top of my podcast, the the Eagles right now are blessed with uh, some elite pass catchers. Yeah. Uh, one has already surpassed a thousand yards. Another one could very well go over a thousand yards before it's all said and done. Let's start with this kid, Devonta Smith. Yeah. Um, he he leaves the team with uh, sixty six catches. Uh, he ain't the biggest receiver out there in terms of physical stature, but and I've seen him take some 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 shots and he keeps getting up, man. When you look at him, you look at his body work and his and his his route running and his technique. What what jumps out at you about what he's accomplishing? Well, when you look at a guy, he's six feet tall, he's 170 pounds maybe. Um, you have to be impressed with just the fact that this guy has the heart to play. On the same football field with all of these big old dudes that can just like crush your body they can cut you in half they're so big and strong and fast and he's 60 he's 170 pounds he's six feet tall but he has the heart of a lion yeah you know the guy you're right d-gun he gets knocked down uh, doesn't seem to phase him sometimes he's got to get up and grab his helmet from the side and straighten it up <laughs> and you know the guy get you know he but he's tough enough to take it. And sometimes I'm, I'm afraid for him, but I, I think the kid is outstanding. Great hands, great yeah. route runner, and he's sleek. He's very sleek and his heart. Now, if he, if he sees the hit coming, he's not going to take a hard hit. Right. But at the same time, if you remember the play where he scored a touchdown on against the Giants, he's got a safety coming out of the middle of the field. Uh, Julian love Mm -hmm. and Julian love has an angle to take a kill shot on him. If he wants to, It's one of those plays that, you know, back in the eighties that he would have ended up in the hospital. He wouldn't have made it back on the, on the team plane or the team bus. Um, But love went for the interception, didn't go for the hit. He scores a touchdown because he's fearless you always know that that safety is coming out of the middle. If I'm running that route, I know exactly where that safety is and that he's coming out of the middle. But you didn't see him flinch at all. He followed the ball into his hands, end up, ends up scoring a touchdown. Where many people in that situation, D, they're too concerned about that safety and getting their heads knocked off, and they don't concentrate on that ball. Mm. Uh, I look at um, A.J. Brown, who has 65 catches and 102 targets. Has he been better than you even thought he could have been? I mean, we knew his his his, his credentials coming here. Yeah, but has he been even better than what you were anticipating? Yeah, I didn't know he was that good. Okay, I, I didn't know he was as good as he is, and and you know, I, I need to have to wait and see. And and I see he is that good. Um, big, strong, fast. You know, he can run through contact. A lot of guys. So so, Devontae Smith. We talked about him. So, if he's having to bang into people, yeah. he's a, a guy that you can throw off course. So when you play press coverage, you gotta get your hands on him. And if you don't get your hands on him, and because he's so quick, he'll get around, you get by you. You can get your hands on AJ Brown and you still many times are not gonna affect his route mm-hmm. and affect what he wants to do. Even in the route, sometimes he's banging, you're gonna bang from time to time within the route. He's really good at keeping his balance through contact, making plays and tight windows and tight stuff. Then he, too, very tough. These mm-hmm. guys are tough. Like it, it really starts here for both of those guys, that they're tough right here. And then they have the smarts to play the game. Mike, compare your era to the, to the era of the receivers you see now. The, the game has changed so much in terms of what defenders can do yeah. uh, against wide receivers. Would you have thrived even more so? had you been able to play in this era? Uh, I would like to think so. I don't know, but I, I would certainly like to think so because you have a lot more leeway now to play wide receiver and run yeah. around and and not so concerned about, you know, the hits where like a Wes Hopkins or Ronnie Lott back in the day, yeah, uh, Andre Waters, the guys who didn't mind, like uh, trying to make sure that you didn't play the next play because they wanted to inflict pain. Um, you're not allowed to do that anymore. So I think receivers now have it a little, I think it's a little more convenient, comfortable to run around in the secondary. Now not so concerned about those hits that may alter your life. Mm. Okay. All right. You were just talking about the defense a moment ago. And of course, now this defense leads the NFL in quarterback sacks. They have four players with at least eight sacks on this team. Overall, they are ranked number two, uh, they are first against the pass, seventh in points allowed, first in sacks, first in takeaways. Are they as good as what they produced, or there's some who are arguing they're a product of the schedule they've been playing? How do you respond to that? Well, I mean, they can't change the schedule. D. Right, right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. They can't. They can't change the schedule. They can just play the teams that, like, okay, Chicago's next. Chicago hasn't won a game in six weeks, but or three, whatever, however long it's been. But they yeah. don't, they can't change the schedule. All they can do is play the teams that they that they can play, that, that are on their schedule. They're going to have a challenge in the following week against Dallas, and that'll be fun, um, especially now with the talk that's coming out of Dallas that made national news today uh, with their linebacker. So, you know, Mike Parson wants to talk, and, you know, these guys, I, I like their approach, every one of them that, they, that were able, or they don't want the microphone in their face. But every right. one of them that had the microphone in their face, they said, oh, "We're playing Chicago this week." And I yeah. love that. I love that they're taking that approach. It, this this defense has been so good in so many areas, and yet there's so many people that still want Jonathan Gannon run out of town. Why do you think? Why do you think everybody's so hard on Jonathan Gannon? Uh, I don't know well every- everybody you know has their own opinions about how things should be done, sure be it because for whatever reason you you have that opinion all of us have opinions on the way we think things should be done. I look at the um the league now and the way it's structured. I remember two years ago when the Rams were the best defense in football they were the number one defense right and They did, they ran almost the same exact defense that the Eagles are running right now. They were the number one defense in football. The Eagles don't blitz a lot, but they're the number one sack team, the number one teams in sacks. The teams that blitz all the time, they're some of the worst defenses in all of football. Mm -hmm. The Giants are the the New York Giants are the number one team in football in terms of blitzing. Yep. It might be the worst defense in football <laughs> Jeez. so it's it's just a you know the game continues to evolve, and today it's a different game than it was ten years ago, twenty years ago thirty years ago
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it just it just changed and you know it ebbs and flows and it'll come back because now you put so many defensive backs on the field teams start to run the ball on you and run the ball, and then if that becomes like the best way to move the ball and 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 uh, win games, control games, then teams will start to kind of migrate to doing that a little bit more. Mm. I want to go back to something you said a moment ago when you talk about this team refuses to get caught up in the jaw jacking you know, with other teams. Um, you know, my, as you said, Micah Parsons comes out and says, you know, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is that good if he's a product of the offense. And you know, guys asked in the locker room this week, um, we're talking about Chicago, you know, Jordan, my lot say, you know what, Michael Parson needs to worry about the Dallas Cowboys and not us. They have a game coming up this week. He needs to be worried about that game coming.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.
1: this team has number one, been even keeled in terms of their approach to their business all season long. And number two, a team, a lot of times, Mike, is a reflection of his coaching staff. And I think this coaching staff does an outstanding job of keeping these guys grounded. Yeah. I think they're really good at that. Um, making it about really what it's about. And, and right now for them, it's about the bears and getting ready for the bears uh, you don't take any team in this league lightly, D. And um, I think they're they're taking that approach. And you know they'll get to Dallas when it's Dallas time. And mm-hmm. right now is not the time. You've gotten an opportunity to get to know Nick Sirianni uh, for a couple of seasons now, yeah. as a as a person and a coach. What stands out to you most about what he is and what he stands for as a leader of men? Uh. Wow, that's a good one. So I like the fact that he's really, he really wants to have relationships with everybody. He wants to have this camaraderie, uh, this whole uh, culture that he's building. It's really based around, um, you know, caring about one another and feeling for one another, and 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 he feels like in that, you know, you'll go the other step for that other person, that other, that teammate, you'll go the extra mile, the, the extra step to make sure that you're successful for that guy that, you know, is going to do that for you. I think he connects with these guys on a really strong level in that way. Mm. You know, I, I listened d last week to um, Slay and Slay, you know, Bradbury wouldn't talk very much going into the Giants game, but Slay talked for him saying that, Hey man, this game is really important for JB. And if it's important for him, then, you know, Slay goes off on how it's that important for him as well. And that's that, that to me is important stuff. Yeah. I look at this organization, Mike, for a long time. And compared to a lot of teams out there, you don't have, You don't have players in a locker room that embarrass the organization with outside antics, whether it's DUIs, domestic problems, and things like that. Why why do you think the Eagles have been so good at not just finding quality players, but character guys? I mean, that's a hard combination to find when you're talking about football players. And I've just been impressed consistently how they've been able to do that. Well, you know, you know, Howie Roseman, he's got a big staff of people over there. There's a lot of, there are a lot of professionals in that building that specialize in the details. And the Eagles are a great organization in many ways. And one certainly is the fact that they understand the importance of these investments that they're making in these young men. And so they'll go and do the extra work to find you know, as much information as they need to find to feel comfortable that these young men are going to fit into what they want to do, um, not only in terms of a football team, but in terms of the culture that they're trying to build. And that, to me, is really important. And you're seeing that. Hey, when you look at the Eagles recently, they've scored 40, 35, and 48 points in their last three games. Yeah. They really haven't had to sweat anything out since, since that Colts game when they won at 17-16. Yeah, they do a lot of things so effortlessly. And even when it's jagged, they can flip the script at any given moment and turn it on and just put it in second gear. Is that a good thing or a bad thing in terms of them not really being challenged, um, you know, over a series of games, especially when bigger games are coming up? How, how do you perceive that? <laughs> oh, well, it just D. I, I think they're all hard. I think all the games are hard. I do. So, um yeah, they can make it look easy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, they can. But I don't think you can ever go into a game, you know, thinking that, you know, we got this. Because that's when – you know, I mentioned this the other day. The Eagles have lost one game. And in that game that they lost, it was a game going into it and everybody felt like, wow, they got this. It's just, you know, Washington and Washington is this and that. that They're ranked here. All these things. Yeah. But when you line up and play, then that that's how you determine. It, it, mm-hmm. It's not you know, it's not that they're bad or they, yeah, they make it look easy sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're just good. Yeah, yeah. Um they're gonna play the bear a Bears team this week, and basically the the Bears' entire offense is this young quarterback Justin Fields. But I've said on my show sports take today, I said, is it just me? I'm more concerned about Justin Fields running the ball than I was about Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley. Um, yeah. is, is, is that am I am I justified in thinking that way? No, because you were worried about um, Saquon last week, and then the week before you worried about Henry. It's just a different week, and you got another star that can you know run the ball is really good, really talented, and so the Eagles have to figure out which they've been able to do week after week after week, have to figure out how to slow down or limit the main guy of focus for that team. And D they've done it from week to week. So this is no different. Yes. He's a, he's an unbelievable talent. I think he's going to grow into a a wonderful quarterback. I do believe that if they would, if he was surrounded with the type of weapons that Jalen has, and has the tutelage that Jalen has, I think that kid, too, could be a dynamic player in a very short period of time, within the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But if Chico- but Chicago has to, first of all, get get him a, an offensive line that's a little bit better, get him just better talent all the way around. But he has the talent, I do believe. I don't know how good of a passer he is from the pocket, but he just brings a lot to the game. And he is, he is kind of what the NFL seems to be migrating to. When you look at the Patrick Holmes, when you look at the Josh Rosen, when you look at, um, you know, all of these different guys who are dynamic that you have to wear. Even Daniel Jones, you know, Daniel Jones will run the RPO stuff. He can also run, you know, outside of the structure of a play. And they have called quarterback runs for him. So I just think this kid fields can in the right situation, be a really good quarterback in this league. This Bears team is on a six-game losing streak. Um, Do you expect this to be an interesting game, or will it be a ho-hum type game just like that Giants game was, considering how devoid of talent the Bears are on both sides of the football? I'm going into this game thinking that it's going to be a really good football game and expecting uh, both teams to be really prepared, well-prepared. And then as the game plays out, then – I I'll, I take it from there, but I just, I'm just that way. I don't feel like I was <laughs> I've always, like, I just think, so I still get nervous about games and I still look at teams and I look at where they're strong. Right. And until the Eagles come out and they take away their strengths and start to impose their will, mm-hmm. that's when I'll, I'll get comfortable with it. I can't get comfortable with it until then. Well, if the Eagles continue to play like they play, there's no question they're going to wrap up the number one seed eventually in the NFC. And, you yes. know, we are, We're already starting to look down the road at potential matchups for this Eagles team. So yes. as we wind down the regular season, what teams are you watching closely in terms of teams that the Eagles could potentially face in the second season? Um, You have to think about, certainly, I, I think even with San Francisco losing the quarterback, yeah. Um, I think their defense is so good, and they have such a complete team mm-hmm. that even a kid, I don't know his name, could uh, take could get San Francisco into the playoffs. and Brock, Brock Purdy? <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. could get San Fran into the playoffs and beyond because they have such a complete team. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the McCaffrey move was really a solid move for them uh, in the middle of the season uh, to spend for yeah. him. Uh D'Amico Ryans has that defense just playing out of their mind. They are talented mm-hmm. defensively. Um and you know, B- Brock Purdy, I, I saw what he did last week. I believe that he can do enough given his um supporting cast to do really well. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't count out Minnesota yet. Um, yeah. I still don't count them out yet, and then Dallas. Dallas is a really good football team. So when I look at the NFC, there's still a lot of good talent, and then the Eagles. The Eagles still have to prove themselves when they get to, and and hopefully you know get into the playoffs. Then you're gonna, you you're wherever you're weak, it's exposed in the playoffs, and so that's what we'll see then. You know, I, I was you know I want to talk about you a little bit, and, and I looked up your records, your stats, and and, yeah. and in, in nine years. You never averaged less than fifteen yards a catch in nine yep. seasons yep what 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 were your best attributes as a receiver when you played? I was scared. you played scared <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what one of the th- I don't know yeah I, I thought that um, I thought I was bigger than most cornerbacks. And I thought that, you know, I was probably a little tougher than most. Um, And I tried to play the game that way. I tried to play the game like, um, and, you know, I wanted to make every catch. And I was certainly the deep threat when I played. Um, And probably most importantly, I loved it. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the process. Yeah, I just enjoyed the game. Does this does this date mean anything to you? November 10th, 1985? Uh yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. November 10th, 1985. Yeah. Mike Quick catches a pass from Ron Jaworski, takes it 99 yards. Yeah. Or touchdown. That record still stands. Do you think that record will ever be equaled again? Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually uh there are a couple of guys since then that have gone for 99 yards on a pass. I know the um I mean for the Eagles. Would you think another Eagles receiver will ever equal that yard uh, that feat? Oh, it would be fun. I hope so. Mm. Cause then they started showing footage of me. They started showing all the old footage. <laughs> <laughs> <So> the <laughs> last the last time that was done, it was nineteen. it was November from 1985, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. I hope so. Do, do you when you see that video of that particular play, do you look at it and say, Man, that was so long ago. That was a long, long time ago. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still making sure I'm looking at it and wondering if I'm going to get caught from behind. <laughs> you know, hey, uh, 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 that was always my fear. And so I'm, I'm, proud to say it never happened. But that was always my fear that I was going to get caught from behind. <laughs> Look, um, a severe patella t- tendon tendonitis uh, shorten your career. Yeah, if you could do it all over again in your NFL career, what would you do differently? Uh, I would ask for more money. money. <laughs> would you have gotten it? Uh, probably.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, man, the gun, I'm okay. very fortunate and blessed that I got to live my dream. And uh, the NFL owes me nothing. I had a blast. Let Let's say football was not in your life. Yeah. College, pro. What would What would Mike Quick have been doing if he was if he didn't play football and if he wasn't behind the mic, talking about about football? I have no idea. Really? I have no idea. I I, I listen. I couldn't think this far. I couldn't even imagine like my life and how it's gone and what I've accomplished to this point. Mm. Um, And I have no idea what direction I would have gone in if not for football. I was a pretty good basketball player. I was a sports guy, D. I I grew up in a house with a bunch of older brothers, and they played sports, and I played sports, and that's all I wanted to do. And I lived my dream. There was no plan B in case football never worked out? I was just living, man. You know. Uh, something you know, I'm sure I would have gone into something, uh banking or who knows. I have listen, I have a son in banking now and yeah. he seems to love it, seems to be doing yeah. really well with it. I have no idea though. I would have had to get a job though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm glad I didn't have to I never really had to get a real job. So yeah. I'm very fortunate there. Yeah. Well you know, from, you, I went from playing and went into business for myself and then uh, football called me back and I started doing a little bit of television and then the radio thing happened and, you know, it's been a good ride, D. Hey, well, you got another important job, too, being a grandfather, man. Uh What what has that been like? What has that been like? D, that's that's the best thing I got going for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man, my son's blessed me with two uh, granddaughters. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we're, you know, we, the grandparents kind of share uh, yeah. babysitting duties. Sounds and, like me. Yeah, man, it's great. D, it's Yeah, see, you know, the babies come here and I melt. <laughs> man, you, you're bad as I am. Yeah, it's a problem. Except those diaper changes. I'm like, man, I never thought I'd have to do that again. Well, you know, you get used to it. It's, not, it's, it's not so bad. No, no. When you've been doing it, you, you, it's like second nature, man. But yeah, I, I, I will say this. Listen. I did oh. it with my kids and yeah. it, was, it was a long time ago, but yeah. hey, I like riding a bike. Well, I will say this, Mike Quick, you live a charmed life. You live a <laughs> life most people can only dream of, man. And, yeah. and I appreciate you taking some time to hang out with me on Gun on One for this show, man. Hey, Gun, it's always good to talk to you, man. And, and best of luck to you and the family. Thank you, brother. And happy holidays to you and your family as well, brother. Thanks, D. Be well. All right. And all right, that's going to wrap up this latest edition of Gun on One. It is powered by the Jacob Sports Media YouTube machine. For my friend, Mike Quick, I'm Derek Gunn. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll come back again next week with another guest. And as we part, as I always do, hey, everybody stay blessed out there. But more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, we out of here.